to the apostles' teaching. Tell us what you saw. What did he say? I, I heard there was that great gathering on the mountain. What did he say when he was on the mountain? And to the fellowship, just to their connection to one another. They devoted themselves to their connection to one another. If you cut gateways veins, that's what we bleed. But we'll get there in a second. To the breaking of bread. And that means really to the liturgical gathering together. So they would gather together and they would recite the old psalms and then they would break bread like they had done on that last night, the Passover meal, when Jesus reinterpreted that 1,400-year-old liturgy. And so they would do that regularly together. They would break bread together. and Remember him? Remember he said on that last night? Yeah, can you remember that last week? And they would rehearse it. And the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Because it's what a heart filled with the generosity and compassion of Jesus does. It sees a need, and it wants to give. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You may be seated. So this is part of the reason this passage and really the entire New Testament is the reason, it's the foundation, of course, for everything we do, and it's also the launching pad for our vision, for what we believe God has called us together here to do at Gateway. So if you're visiting here, or you've been coming for the last three or four weeks, or you've been coming for the last seven months, this is a great Sunday because you get to hear what you're circling around and what you've been thinking about, perhaps connecting to. So I want to read for you our vision statement, and then we're going to read it together. We exist, we're here, Gateway, we are here to be used by God to draw others into authentic real, genuine Christian community. Going to be goofy. I want you to read it with me. This is Gateway's vision statement. You don't have to raise your hand or anything, but let's read it together. We exist to be used by God to draw others into authentic Christian community. That's why we're here. Many years ago, in my early 20s, I went through, personally, I went through a period of spiritual wandering, and I was out of college for a while, and when I came back to college, the Lord had gotten my attention. So through some pretty dramatic circumstances, God had arrested me, and that was part of the reason I went back to school, and when I went back to school, I decided that what I needed was a good Bible study. I needed fellowship. I had had a fraternity brother who was an acquaintance in my fraternity during my first two years in college. He tried to start a Bible study in our fraternity and get people to come. And he and this other guy were constantly asking me to come to this Bible study. And I wanted to have nothing to do with their Bible study. So when I came back to college a couple of years later, he was the only Christian I knew. There were a lot of Christians on my campus, but I didn't know any Christians. So I called him up and I said, I'd love to get connected to a Bible study. And I think he probably dropped the phone and then picked it up and said, well, okay, awesome. Well, I'm about to start a Bible study with two other people. Would you like to come? By the way, this guy's name is Rob Showers. He's the tall, blind guy that you often 
see out in the lobby speaking to all of you obnoxiously each Sunday when you come in. So I said, sure. So the four of us, I didn't know the other two guys. We met and decided we'd go to a, just a local bookstore that sold Christian books. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And we found this series of books that went, they're study books, that went through the life of Jesus chronologically. So they would take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the biographies of Jesus, and they kind of pieced them together passage by passage chronologically. You work through the life of Jesus. It was awesome. It was an awesome study. We were all young and argumentative, so really this Bible study became an excuse for the four of us to get together and argue, and I had never kind of picked apart the Scripture like that in my own life. One day a week doing this Bible study turned into two mornings a week where we would do it. It eventually turned into three mornings a week. Second semester of this, we were doing three mornings a week of Bible study. We'd fast together on Mondays to kind of get in touch with God. It was just an intense time of spiritual growth, and I fell in love with the Scripture. And I also, unknowingly, I fell in love with what the, the author of Acts, Luke, here calls fellowship what we here at Gateway over the last many years have called community. Well, not long after that, I met my gorgeous wife, Diane, and Diane and I began dating seriously, and we started going to a large Baptist church. This was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Just on the outskirts of town, there was a large Baptist, great church. The pastor was an amazing communicator, and Diane and I got very involved. We were teaching a youth Sunday school class, and I sang in the choir sometimes, and we went every Sunday, really big church, and we liked it. Uh, every week, the, the message was amazing. One Sunday, we were leaving, driving uh, away, and we were just talking about the service and talking about the pastor's name was Dr. Quartz. We were talking about what Dr. Quartz had talked about that day, and I got hit with this blinding realization. I realized in that conversation that Rob and Tim and Stacy were my church. These guys are in my Bible study. And it's the best church I'd ever heard of. Honestly, that was the beginning of Gateway. What happened in my heart then was the passionate desire to figure out how do you do that for other people? How do you create a space where other people experience that? where they do life together and they meet girlfriends together. That's not for those of you who are married. They get mad at one another and they play basketball together, for those of you who are much younger. And they go to movies together and they argue and they go to the Bible and they say, I don't understand. And they say, you're utterly and completely wrong. And then they realize that they're wrong and they don't apologize because they're too proud. You work all of that out. How do you create that space where people enter into that with one another? That's why, for us, it's all about connecting. Connecting with one another and connecting with Him. In fact, I'm convinced you can't healthily connect to Him if you're not spending energy healthily connecting to one another. You can't. Do you know the phrase, one another, is used by one scholarly estimate 59 times in the New Testament. Love one another. Bear with one another. Accept one another. Don't slander one another. Don't judge one another. Be patient 
with one another. Forgive one another. Love one another. Serve one another. Encourage one another. Love one another. Bear with one another. Be patient with one another. Love 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 one another. You can't be a follower of Christ alone. So that's why we emphasize small groups at Gateway. That's why we talk so much about connecting. Connecting with one another and connecting with God. Let's read it one more time. We exist to be used by God to draw others into authentic Christian community. We, we, that's why we are here. We. So let me say, first of all, for those of you who feel disconnected from Gateway and from whatever, let me say a couple of things. Number one, I'm really sorry. We've not hit our mission, if that's the case. Shame on us. Number two, I want you to know that when I connected with Rob and Tim and Stacy, I did so because I set my alarm three days a week. I got up three days a week. I prepared a Bible study. I went to that Bible study. I invested in Rob and Tim and Stacy. I said yes every time there was an opportunity to get together with them. When one of them asked me to go to a movie, I said yes. When one of them asked me to come to dinner, I said yes. And I invited them to dinner. Diane and I double dated with them. And after we were married, we vacationed with them at the beach. Over and over and over again, I said yes to relationship and connection. What are you saying yes to? If you're disconnected, it's because you're saying yes to other things. They may be very, very good things, but they're not the best. The best for you is that you would connect to others who are connected to Him. We used to use this phrase around Gateway all the time. Before we met in Mercer, we moved to Mercer Middle School in 2009. Before that, we met at a middle school in Herndon, and they didn't have an auditorium like this. So we met in the cafeteria. We would set up chairs every Sunday. I hated it. It was labor-intensive, and did I say I hated it? I hated it. But you know what? It afforded us an interesting atmospheric opportunity. We were all sitting in in folding chairs, and it drew us all closer together, for one thing. And it made it much easier for us to groupletize. In fact, I coined that word. If I hear anybody moan, I'm coming after you. So we used to groupletize regularly. We're going to do so this morning. Yes, that's a made-up word. You now own it because you're part of us. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand. I don't care how uh, shy you are. Go with somebody who's not as shy. I want you to stand and gather in a circle with at least four people, not more than seven, four, five, six, or seven people. I want you to be with some people that you don't know well, at least some. If you don't know anyone in the circle, that's okay too. You're going to shake hands and introduce yourselves, and then I'm going to give you some further instructions. You've got like 30 seconds to accomplish all of that. So, whoa, don't stand yet. You are literally going to circle up with four, five, six, or seven people. I want you to be with some people that you do not know, and I want you to introduce yourselves, and you've got 30 seconds to do that. You're adults. You can accomplish this. 
Whoa, wait, wait, I didn't say go, sit down. You can get this done. Some of you may need to go to another part of the room. I know that's unthinkable. I know you have reserved these seats for years, but you may need to go to another part of the room. All right, 30 seconds, go. Okay, quiet, let me have your attention. You should be in a circle of at least four people. Not more than seven. Quiet. Let me have your attention. At least four people, not more than seven. Quiet. Let me have your attention. Seriously, I know for a few of you it's really awkward. That's okay. Get over it. Really, because this is a good exercise for all of us. He said being able to stand up here by himself and not be involved in one of those circles. So honestly, I literally want you to make small talk for a couple of minutes. And I'm going to give you a list of questions, and I want you to answer one of these questions. What's your favorite sandwich, and does ice cream sandwich count? (laughs) Second question, did you take any vacation this summer? If so, what did you do? Just answer one of these as you go around the circle. Third, what do you think is the most important proof that Tom Brady is innocent? Now, for those of you who are... If the rabble could be quiet... For those of you who are not fans of American football, Tom Brady is the quarterback of the Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. If you'll direct your attention to the back, Taylor, raise your hands. Yes. (laughs) He looks a lot like that, only much more handsome. So he was uh, falsely accused by the league of... Next question. Do you work outside of the home? If so, what is your commute? And I mean literally, what is your commute? Well, I take the toll road to rest, and then I get off, and I take the metro, or I go 50, and it's a nightmare, but a whole lot better since they added that third lane. I want to know what your commute is. And alas, what's your favorite wholesome joke? Let's have silence for 15 seconds while you decide which one of those you're going to answer. This is friendly small talk. All right, go. Those of you who are in large circles, be quick. Let me have your attention, please. Wrap those answers up. Now I want you to do some big talk. You've done small talk, now I want you to do big talk. Pick one of these and answer. What's the most important thing that happened to you this summer? It might be physically, it might be financially, it might be something in your family. Do you prefer the word religion or spirituality or faith to describe your connection to God and why? Would the 15-year-old version of you be happy with the current you? Why or why not? So you've got 10 seconds. Figure out which one of those you want to answer. Okay, go. Okay, let me have your attention. Periodically, and this I promise this isn't meant as a slam to anyone. This is meant as a reminder to all of us. Periodically, someone who is involved or has been involved with Gateway 
will get honest with me and will say something that I know many of us feel at one time or another. They'll say something like, well, gateway is not fill in the blank. Or I, I don't fill in the blank to gateway. And so two responses to that honestly need to be held in tension. One response is personally, personally Ed, and personally leadership of Gateway. I'm sorry, because this would no doubt be a better church if we had better leadership. (laughs) Second response, you are Gateway. Who are you talking about? We exist to be used by God to draw others into authentic Christian community. So when you're pointing a finger at Gateway, who are you pointing at? You may be seated. Let's start with our second message. And I'm going to begin by reading from John chapter 1. First of all, I want you to know that we've been talking for several weeks about the possibility of a brand new look for Gateway. You know, we're moving into a new chapter in our life, and we just thought it was a great time and a great opportunity to hit the refresh button. We know it's a gimmick, but it's a really important gimmick. So we're going to change our public face. We're going to get a haircut and dress up, and we're going to reveal today our logo. You know what's interesting? The word logo, the English word logo, comes from the Greek word logos. The word logos is usually translated in English, word. And if you think about it like that, God, at a point in history, changed his logo. He did a new reveal. Let me read it for you in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the logo, and the logo was with God, and the logo was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And then verse 14, the logo became flesh. God unveiled him and made his dwelling among us. We, those of us who got to hang out with him, we have seen his glory. The glory of, as for me, John, I think it's the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, I don't want to trivialize God's logo reveal by comparing it to ours, because we've got to recognize right off the bat that ours is just a gimmick, but it's an important gimmick. So, several weeks ago, we did a couple of weeks of a survey, and 86% of you liked one of our logos more than the other options, and that is really fortunate because it is exactly the logo that Jonathan liked. So Jonathan, thank you so much for your leading the charge in uh, getting this new logo for us, and all you have to say is you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so what I'd like to do now is have Jonathan and I pull this curtain off and uh, reveal the new logo, so if I could have a drum roll, please. Yes. We also developed, we'll explain this in a minute, an icon to go with the logo. So, Jonathan, if you'd hold that. I'm going to hold this up and bring it front and center. But as we do, I'm going to ask, Dwayne, I'm sorry to do this to you, but can you grab this? 
and I want you to stare at it for a minute, and then I'm going to take some comments from you about what you like about it. Careful. I know that 14% of you did not vote for it, so this is a time for us to talk about what you like about it. So what do you like about our new logo, and what do you see in it? Pause. Okay, Dwayne, run back there, it's Nancy. We thought you needed some exercise, Dwayne, you looked sleepy. Hold on, are we on... I see the cross. I see the arrow pointing to the cross. It's clean. It's easy to read. Okay. Who else? Just three or four of you. Laura? I see the why going deep underneath community church, going deep meaning being authentic. That's awesome. That's pretty deep. Yeah, we meant that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tammy? I'm not going to be that good. But I like the G. It looks like it's going in and it's going out, and that's what one of our things that's are, awesome. outreach and that's reach. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> are there a couple more, one more? Someone who'd like to say something? Yep. Julie? I think the, uh, the small line on the T reminds me of Jesus' arms, you know, they look like a set of arms, and that's like our Savior in the flesh, his arms stretched out on the cross. Wow. Okay, we meant that one too. Just, just one more. I noticed the, um, the sky blue of the color of heaven and the water blue, all that is earth. Thank you, Mitch. Okay, that's all, Dwayne. You can stop running around. Okay, so Jonathan, anything more? Populate this for us. Why did you like this logo? So you all did a much better job. of. <laughs> for me, I've had way too many art history classes in my life, and I've never been one to look necessarily at the meaning of certain things. It's always been feel for me. And the moment that we got the first concepts back from the, the graphic designer, this one stuck out as just feeling like us, feeling right. It feels like home. It feels inviting. It feels loose. And those are the things that we are. We're not rigid. We're not strict. We're not uptight. We have this sense of motion, this sense of going with the flow of it all. And I feel like you get all of that just looking at this logo. And then, obviously, you are all able. It's a good logo if people can look and see things and come up with the stuff that you guys are coming up with. That means it has some depth to it. And so that's what really appealed to me about this particular design. We talked about a couple of other things, Jonathan, related to the G and the arrow, and I'm blank right now. Do you remember some of what we talked about? To Most people pretty much hit this. Yeah. <laughs> so as most of you mentioned, and I I'm totally going to be honest with this, I didn't even notice the whole G to the cross thing. <laughs> more and more people pointed that out to me, and I thought it was really good. But yeah, you have that aspect to it. You have you know, the placement of community in the middle of it. It's in the middle of the logo. It's you know, set apart from everything, and that's what we are. That's what he's been preaching about here today. Community is the center of who we are. The color blue, we've been red for a while, but blue is it's very calming. It's very inviting. It's very relaxing, and these are just some of the elements that you can see in this logo. 
Okay, I'd like to ask a couple of ushers, those of you who have a packet from Rhonda, we're going to give each of you today a car magnet to put on the back of your car that is our logo. And I am going to, unfortunately, I know this is for a few of you dental surgery, but I'm going to make you grouplatize again. But before I do, so Jonathan, explain to everyone while they're passing this out. This is the logo, and this we have thought of as a separate icon. Anything you want to say about that? One of the things of feedback we got when we did the survey was that one of the designs kind of had a little circular graphical element to it that was a part of the main logo, and a lot of people like that. So this is a, something entirely separate. That is our logo. You will rarely, if ever, see these two next to each other like this. That's not how it's designed to be. But ultimately, down the road, this would be something that we can kind of do shorthand to show us or incorporate into elements of design and any number of those things. And, yeah, that's... <laughs> sorry. Okay, what I'd like you to do now is I want you to go back to your group. And I want you in your group, you've got, like, a minute. I want you to talk about what part of what you've heard or seen this morning do you most connect with. It's just a way to, for us to drill down on the same thing. So what part of this do you most connect with? Visually, feel, whatever. What part of this do you like the most? What part do you most connect with? All right, go. Okay, you may be seated. The third mini-sermon is going to be about giving. We spent more than 15 years at Gateway uh, working really hard to not, honestly, not talk much about giving. We didn't want to be the church that is everybody's nightmare. They go and all that church is interested in is giving. To the point that a number of people at Gateway would say to me periodically, you know, Ed, you've got to talk about giving some. I mean, the Bible talks about giving a lot. We don't want to be the church where a visitor comes in and they suspect that we're really talking about giving. Well, I want you to know we're in a new period in our life together as a church. And for this next period, it's going to be about giving. So I still don't want to be the church that the visitor comes to and suspects that we're talking about giving. I want you to know flat out, straight up, we're talking about giving. I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, and listen to how the Apostle Paul puts it. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should give what they've decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So I think what we get there is, first of all, the motivation, the sowing and reaping principle. As you sow, as you give, so shall you reap. You and I are not designed, this is one of the whys for, for giving, you and I are not designed to hold on, to, to collect. You and I are not designed to be a dam. You and I are designed to be a river through which the work of God flows. And if we dam it up, 
the work of God stops. That's how we were designed. That's why it feels good to give. The sowing and reaping principle suggests that if we do not sow, then we will not reap. It could not be simpler. Secondly, this passage talks about the manner of our giving. How should we give? Cheerfully, gladly, happily, I give that money away. I give that time away. I give that energy away. Happily. And thirdly, the Apostle Paul gives us the means here. What he says essentially is that, you know, if you want to be generous, if you dial up and you get in touch with the work that God is doing in your life, the generosity that he's exhibited toward you, if you get in touch with that and you want to be generous, then God will supply you with the ability to be generous. All you've got to do is giddy up and want to be generous. I wonder how many of us this morning would be able to meaningfully and happily and seriously covenant before God, look, if you give me above and beyond this morning, I'm going to just give it all over to you. Diane and I have that going on right now. Diane's mother died a few years ago, and we're in the process right now of Diane and her sisters have rented her mom's home for a few years. The housing market was not good at all a number of years ago, so they decided to rent it and had a wonderful renter. She's leaving. So Diane and her sisters are now contemplating, and we're in the process of putting the house on the market. Well, that's going to be a windfall for Diane and I. And I can't tell you how difficult it's been for me to resist. Man, here's the, the laundry list of things that I've wanted to get done. You know, we can check several of those things off, but we've been committed to give a certain amount of money to Gateway and to the building project. So I've had to discipline myself in my own thinking and my own appetites to know that comes first. I wonder how many of us this morning would be willing to make a covenant before God, hey, if any generosity that comes to me this year, above and beyond, I'm going to give that over. I'm going to give that to this friend I know. I'm going to give it to Gateway, to the building campaign. I'm going to give it to, to Gateway to help supply the, the operational budget at Gateway. And then when it comes, give it. That's just how this works. God is able to supply so that our needs are met, and above that, then we can be generous. So this next period in Gateway's life is going to be about giving. Our time, our energy, and our money. So if you miss everything else... Don't miss this. For the next couple of years here at Gateway, there's no parking. I want you to jump in. If you're not connected spiritually, if you don't even know where you are spiritually, we are delighted that you're here. Roll your sleeves up and figure out some way to get busy. Get some people to come along and let's ask and try to answer honest questions together. We might not agree ultimately about everything, but I'd love the opportunity to explore with you. If you have a connection with Christ and you've been circling around Gateway, well, I want to encourage you today to jump in or leave. I want to encourage you today that we don't want to be the church where people come and park. 
We don't want you to be an observer. We want you to come in and figure out how to serve. It's what you were made for. And figure out how to give. Listen, the Bible actually talks about, if you wonder how and what and how do we design this and and what am I supposed to do, well, the Bible actually talks about a tithe. If if you've heard that word before, if you grew up anywhere near Protestant churches, you've heard it. A, A tithe literally means a tenth. And it was an Old Testament standard, but it's a good one. It's one that Diane and I have talked about over the years. It literally means you take what you make and you give a tithe of it. So if you make $100,000 a year, then if you're going to give a biblical tithe, your goal should be to give away $10,000 over the course of the year. I mean, if you think about it, the entire 100000 comes from God. It's all his. All we're doing is giving back just a small token of what was his anyway, what he provided for us anyway. That's first step in the mechanism of figuring out how to do this. If you want to give to Gateway, we've got a brochure in the back that will tell you how to sign up for online giving. We'd love for you to do that. If you're not yet ready to do that or don't know how to do that or can't get that figured out, you can write a check, Gateway Community Church, memo line offering or memo line building fund. And we collect those. We keep track of them. None of the leadership. We have two people at Gateway who know what anybody gives. I have no idea what any of you give. But we keep track of it, and we will send you a notice at the end of the year so you can get tax relief. But that's not why we do it. We do it because we were designed to give. But it's not just about money, y'all. It's about time and energy. We need to think about how we can fully invest our time, our talent, and our treasure this year. And I want to commend to you, if you're circling around the edge of Gateway, I think this is a place to do it. I think the next few years for us are going to be very, very exciting, and we'd love to have you join us. But that's a cooperation. It's, a, it's about you and I together figuring out what that looks like and where that is. So jump in. No parking. We're not going to end by groupletizing. I don't want to hear any sighs of relief. We're going to end the lab work for this mini-sermon is the offering. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come down now, if they would, with the baskets. Here's what I want you to do. If you got a program this morning, and I hope most of you did, there's a little section in the program on the back page where it says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's the starting point for you and I figuring out what we give and how we give it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I want you to do something goofy as an act of worship and prayer this morning. I want you to tear that out of your program. And I want you to make that your offering today. By dropping that in the basket, this is you, in effect, saying, I agree. I want you to tear it off and drop it in if you can affirm that this morning. Those of you who would like to give an offering, then you can drop your offering in with that, money or a check or whatever. But I want all of us that can affirm that, that have a program this morning, I want you to literally tear off that corner and drop that in the basket as an act of worship, as your way of affirming that The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, including me and all that I have. Okay, I'm going to pray before we pass this. 
to make sure we're aligned. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for those among us for whom this comes easy, those who have generous hearts that reflect your heart. I pray, Lord, for those among us for whom this is more difficult. I pray for release. Our hands have held so tightly. And we recognize this morning that it's either worry or it's fear or it's a, an unhealthy self-focus, self-advancement. God, I pray that you'll help us to release our hands and let go of our hearts as we think about how we can step in and step up and offer our time and our talent and our treasure to you. Father, forgive us for, I mean, part of it is we have made our schedules so busy, we literally don't have bandwidth for serving, for serving, for serving others, for serving your people, for uh, sharing. We don't have the energy. God, I pray this week that you would be giving us wisdom, clarity, that you'd be our vision, that you'd be showing us how to clear up our schedules, our calendars, and our finances so that we could give. In the strong name of Christ our Lord we pray, amen.